0: Death is never good. Death is always a destroyer. It is always a thief. Uh, It takes what is alive and it ruins it. And so when we come to an evening like this and we call it Good Friday, there's a natural question I think that emerges in our hearts and our minds, which is why do we call a day like this good when it was on this day that the best man in history died. Why do we call a day of death Good Friday? We're going to look at that for just a few moments this evening, and we're going to specifically look at Isaiah 53, a prophecy that was made about Jesus some five or 600 years prior to his birth. And as we look at it, what we'll see is the reason why this day is called Good is because in the death of Jesus, we now have hope. Because in his death, all other death died. And so we commemorate and remember his death this evening as we look at Isaiah 53. Because it is truly the one death in which our death is swallowed up. So let's look at Isaiah 53 for just a few minutes. I'm going to start in verse 4. Surely our griefs he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him, and by his scourging we are healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, but the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to slaughter, and like a sheep that is silent before its shearers. So he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, and as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people, to whom the stroke was due? His grave was assigned with wicked men, yet he was with a rich man in his death, because he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth." What Isaiah tells us is that the death of Jesus is an exchange, that he traded his life for ours. Crucifixion was a terrible way to die, and no doubt if you have studied that or read about it, it's a terrible way to die. And the suffering that Jesus experienced prior to his crucifixion was terrible. He was beaten, he was mocked, he was humiliated. But what's interesting is there were other men and women throughout history who were crucified. Other men and women were beaten and mocked. It's not in and of itself, the severity of the death that Jesus died uh, that provides us with salvation. Instead, it's this, as Isaiah says, he bore our sin, that the wrath of God fell on him. So if you imagine a freight train headed our way called sin and death, what Jesus did is he stepped right in front of it and he took the wrath of God, the punishment that we had earned fell on him. And because of that, Isaiah says, we are whole. We are healed. We have salvation. Jesus is the only person actually in the history of the earth who did not deserve to die. It's not just that he wasn't a criminal. He certainly wasn't a criminal. He didn't deserve to die as a criminal. He didn't deserve to die. All of us, when we die, our death could be called just because we're sinners. If you have ever harbored an angry thought, if you've ever gossiped, if you've ever lied, if you've ever coveted, if you've ever lusted, if you've ever been proud or superior or felt superior to others, all of those sins stem from a heart of wickedness and evil. And so when we're punished for our sin, when we die for our sin, it is just. Jesus is the only one in the history of mankind who didn't deserve to die. And yet he willingly stood in front of that freight train and took God's wrath on himself. Peter, writing after the death and resurrection of Christ, says he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds, you were healed. Jesus bore all of our sin, and it's the wrath of God that came on him that led to his death. Nobody took his life from him. Jesus surrendered it willingly for you and me. As we look at Isaiah, what you see is throughout the Old Testament, the people of God, the Jewish nation, they awaited the day when sin would permanently be removed. And so as they had a temple in Jerusalem, day after day after day, the priests would stand on their feet and they would offer sacrifice for small sins, for large sins, for every manner of transgression against God, they would offer sacrifice. They never sat down and they kept working and they kept working. When Jesus comes, there's a once for all sacrifice, his life For all of ours, because the perfect and infinite Son of God stepped into God's wrath so that you and I could be saved. That's why Hebrews ten says this every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet, for by a single offering. He has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Once for all sacrifice. Greater than any bull, any ram, any goat. Jesus' death took the wrath of God for everything you and I have ever done, thought, believed, or said that was sinful. Because Adam sinned, we're all guilty. And we're all guilty because we sin. And Jesus died in our place. And he did so, Isaiah says, to justify us before God. Look at verses 10 through 12. But the Lord was pleased to crush him, putting him to grief, if he would render himself as a guilt offering. So he will see his offspring, he will prolong his days, and the good pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hand. As a result of the anguish of his soul, he will see it and be satisfied. By his knowledge, the righteous one, my servant, will justify the many as he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will allot him a portion with the great and he will divide the booty with the strong because he poured out himself to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he himself bore the sin of many and interceded for the transgressors. Jesus died so that we could be justified. To be justified really just means we're made right with God. All of the obligations we have before God are met. Imagine you have a huge debt. That's the way that Colossians 2 puts it, that you have a huge debt before God. Imagine your mortgage payment or all of your rent payments for the rest of your life and somebody comes in and just says, I'm paying it. And that obligation is fulfilled so no longer do we have any debt to God. Colossians says that Jesus nailed that debt to the cross. He took that certificate of debt and he nailed it to the cross so that all who believe in Jesus can be made right before God. And so Isaiah says he died to justify, to make righteous many. Just as Romans 5 says, many are made sinful by Adam's sin. Jesus died so that many can be made righteous. Those who trust in Jesus. Romans 5 1 says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That because of the death of Jesus, we now have reconciliation with God. And no longer do we have to be his enemies. But for those who trust that Jesus died and rose again on their behalf and took away their sin, they can have peace with God. Maybe that you're here tonight and you don't have that peace with God. You know you're a sinner. You know that you have violated God's laws. You have transgressed or sinned against God's standards. All of us know that on some level. We know we're not perfect. We know we're sinful. The message of Good Friday for you is that Jesus took away all of your sin. He was punished in your place. And all who believe in him can now have hope of eternal life. That's why we call this day Good Friday. We call it good because we know he took our sin away. And we call it good because we know that Sunday is coming soon. And so we rejoice that on this Friday, Jesus took away the barrier that stood between us and God. And all who believe that can be right with him. This evening, we're going to spend some time celebrating communion in order to remember and reflect upon the death of Christ on our behalf. There will be some passages up on the screen to help you reflect on that as the men pass the elements out. Take some time to pray, to reflect on what Jesus has done, and then take communion when you are ready, when you feel prepared to take communion, Uh, and then we will finish up with some more worship. Communion is for anybody who has trusted in Jesus as their Savior. If you have not, feel free to allow the elements to pass and meditate on what Jesus has done and ask, is this the time that Christ is calling me to trust in him? And for all who know him, we partake of communion as a way to remember and be grateful for what Jesus has done for us. Father, we are grateful that your son Jesus paid all of our debt and took the penalty of our sin. We thank you for the opportunity to worship him tonight and remember what he has done as we continue in worship turn our hearts and our minds toward you and toward his sacrifice i pray we would believe and trust and as we sing and prepare to go out i pray we would share the message with the world that the love of god has entered through the person of jesus christ in jesus name we pray amen
1: stand up and sing together again Sing how deep the Father's love for us. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure. That he should give his only son to make a wretch's treasure. How great the pain of searing wrong. The Father turns His face away As wounds which mar the chosen one Bring many sons to glory Behold His shoulders Ashamed I hear my mocking Voice Call out among The scoffers It was My sin that held Him there Until it was Accomplished His dying Breath has brought me life. I know that it is windy. And I will, I will not boast, boast in anything, anything. No gifts, no, no, no power, power no wisdom. wisdom But I will I'm boast in Jesus Christ His death I paid my ransom.
2: Luke 23. It was now about the sixth hour, and darkness fell over the whole land until the ninth hour, because the sun was obscured and the veil of the temple was torn in two. And Jesus, crying out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. Now when the centurion saw what had happened, he began praising God, saying, Certainly this man was innocent. And all the crowds who came together for this spectacle, when they observed what had happened, began to return, beating their breasts. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity tonight to remember what Jesus did on our behalf. We thank you that he willingly shed his blood to bring hope to us as Matt taught us from the book of Isaiah we thank you Lord that Jesus took our place he gave us his righteousness and took our sin so that we could have hope so that we could have life we praise you that in his death our death was swallowed up and now we have hope of life eternal Father we pray that as we go from here tonight we pray that that, that that reality would sink in deeply into our hearts we pray that tomorrow when we wake up when we When we enjoy Saturday with our families, we pray that we would recognize that that is the day that Jesus lay in the grave, Lord, the day where he continued to accomplish our redemption. We pray, Father, that you would prepare our hearts for Sunday when we get to gather together and celebrate that Good Friday was not the end of Jesus' story. We thank you so much for your grace and your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for the gift of your Son. In his name we pray, amen. You're welcome to stay as long as you'd like in this room, but we ask that as you exit, you remain silent so that anyone stays in here can have more time for meditation and reflection. As you go from here, we ask that you can continue to reflect on what Jesus had done, and we'll see you. We look forward to seeing you on Easter Sunday. God bless you.